David Calvert, and I, oh boy, I grew up in East Harlem. I came up to New York City Public Schools and, and got into Bronx Science in, uh, in the spring of 68, 1968, and started at Science uh, in September of 68. You know, the there was a strike year that year, mm. and um, so the schools were shut down um, citywide, mm. and teachers were on strike. But I got a phone call from a student at Bronx Science who said, hey, you're a freshman. You know, we're having a teach-in for the mm. new students up at Harris Field outside of the school. So come on over. And I went out there and, and it was the most incredible dynamic of students teaching students. Mm. So even though the teachers were on strike, we were learning. Well, it was about two weeks maybe, you know, until the teacher strike ended. And... Uh, and of course, it wasn't typical classroom stuff. It was, you know, learning about the world. Right. It was, it was, you know, the teaching about the war in Vietnam, and yeah. the teaching about, you know, how to challenge authorities to do a better job in the public policy. Or, mm. and there was, I remember specifically, a, a, a speaker came in who said that he was gay, and he was going to teach us about gay rights. And we were like, "What the hell is that?" I mean, this is 1968. And this is, and not only is it 1968, it's also like first days of high school too. Yeah. So there's all of that, like trying to figure out how to keep the pieces together and the whole world's exploding. It was so enriching and mm. so awesome. And it just made me feel like I must be in the best place in the world right now because mm. I got into this academically challenging school, but I'm getting all this other sort of beautiful education from my fellow students. And it, you know, it opened up the world to me. I don't know if you, if you can, but are there any, when you think about like walking up the hill onto Harris, yeah. um, are there any particular like pieces of that snapshot that stand out or like feelings that you remember having just off top? Yeah. Actually? You come over that hill and, and not knowing anything about what to expect. Yeah. And you see these sort of knots of students sitting in circles mm -hmm. with someone leading each group and, and uh, someone walking around with a, with a clipboard and saying, do you want to join this class or that class or this one? And, and the whole language of it was, you know, a teach-in and strike school. And, and uh, the teachers may be on strike, but the learning process doesn't end for us. And uh, some of us seniors and juniors, we're going to help you freshmen and sophomores learn about the mm -hmm. world. Do you know anything now about how that got organized or who did that or how that happened? I don't know too much about... that's a lot of work for I a bunch know. of high school kids. Yeah, and it was so impressive. Yeah. And it's a little bit the way students were in those days. I mean, we like to say, why aren't the students taking that much leadership these days? Uh, we felt we had to, you know, change the world. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we were all out of the civil rights movement. Right. We were all out of, you know, you know anti-war movement. And, and, uh, and so this all melded directly out of mm. that and we had people coming in from uh students for a democratic society sds and yeah. making presentations at, at the teach-ins and by the way we ended the teach-ins uh, the, the second week with a list of demands for the school mm. that um that you know nine ten demands that were you know really around making the school more responsive to to issues students were bringing mm. and all of this was so new for yeah. Bronx science and and so important Wait, like was this new to you it was it was it was new to me. Like I mean, I was I was from a neighborhood in East Harlem where I'd been very active in a lot of social stuff, mm -hmm. but but uh, I didn't expect that in my high school, mm. and 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 it was just 
fantastic to sort of step into this yeah. fervent, you know, um, you know, um, turgid waters of of change going yeah. on. And to be, so a couple of a year later, in, in uh, 1970, a year and a half later, Kent State happened. Oh, was that May Fourth, 1970? Students from from Bronx Science ran right out of the building and said, mm. "We're not going to stay in this school when students are being shot down in Ohio." And we coalesced outside the building and then marched from high school to high school mm. um, in the North Bronx and shut down every school. Wow! We would we would get to the outside of the school and we would say, "Join us on strike! Shut it down!" and chant and students would start bolting out of the out of the schools and running out and joining us until the schools were basically shut down and then they would join us to go to the next school and as i recall we actually made it to five or six schools up mm. in the north bronx and then 3 days later 4 days later the jackson state shootings happened mm. um in mississippi six black students were killed and there was like sort of no comparable outrage to what had happened mm. at Kent State. And we were all like, come on, you shoot down black students. You know, it should be just as bad as if you shoot down right. white students, of course. And so we coalesced outside the building again, the whole student body of, of Bronx Science. And then we sent a delegation down to 110 Livingston Street to the Board of Ed. And the Board of Ed Chancellor Scribner went on the radio that morning at 11 a.m., and shut down the entire city school system. Wow. And he said in his remarks, because of the shootings of these students in Jackson State, mm. a day of mourning, and he specifically mentioned the Bronx Science delegation that he was very impressed with it had come and brought the case to him. It's amazing because I'm thinking about the way that the school often functions in this uh, very like insulated bubble, especially in relation to the rest of the Bronx. And you know, with Clinton being right there and there being a whole bunch of schools in the area that the idea of like a crowd of young people where all of a sudden like the, you can't tell who's from where and they're all walking together and they're going to the next school and it grows and it grows. Like that seems just even like the mental image of it seems like the kind of thing that would change the way you think about power, yeah. you know, any other, just since we're, we're mining for great stories, any other moments like that that you can think of where it doesn't have to be on that scale where, people came together and it actually like mobilized and galvanized and worked. Well, when you mentioned Clinton, I mean, you know, Dewa Clinton, you know, is no longer actually open. I don't think nowadays, but uh, for years it was, you know, powerhouse sports school. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, right across the field from, from Bronx science. And as a little parenthesis, let me just say, they used to perennially along with boys, Boys High School, Boys yeah. and Girls High School from the Brooklyn win the citywide Division One basketball championship. And when I was at Science, we won the <laughs> Division Two basketball championship. My junior and my senior That's year. That's unbelievable. I wasn't on the team. I was just one of the happiest fans in the stands watching <laughs> these matches. But the people uh, turn out for him. Oh the gym yeah. Was packed. Oh yeah. I, the championship game in uh, in uh, one of those years was down in Bushwick at Bushwick High School, mm -hmm. and we beat Bushwick in that in that event. It was a little dicey getting out of there <laughs> afterward. A little real-life Warriors trip back on oh, the train back up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You watch the Warriors, you know, you watch the taking <laughs> of Pelham. You know, it was wild times in New York back in those days. It was very crazy. But, um, you know, most of us made it through. Yeah. Coach Lefkowitz, uh, Norm Lefkowitz, uh, was the last remaining crew cut in New York. <laughs> he ran a tight ship 
and that team won games. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. So you're going back and forth from East Harlem to school. Thinking now, is there any way that that trip and being in that building in science, how did it change the way you saw your own neighborhood? Well, it was interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I came out of a sort of a Christian background and, and uh, East Harlem. I'm a white kid that grew up in East Harlem. When I went off to um, Bronx Science, I walked into a sort of 75% Jewish school. Right. I'd never been around this kind of crowd. And, and you know, I did nothing but learn, you mm. know, learn about culture, learn about, uh, you know, Jewish culture. You know, I learned uh, about how to study. People taught me what it meant to study for a test. <laughs> I remember one time telling someone I couldn't understand how I, how I got only a C or a D on a test. And, and I said I had studied for it. And then I said, uh, I studied a whole hour for that test. And this, this <laughs> classmate of mine told me that she had studied six hours for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, now the lights are turning on. <laughs> it's a whole nother world out there that I've got to get exposed to. Mm. But it was, it was an awesome um, uh, time for me to cross into this other cultural yeah. space. And even though it was a long trip from home, and even though I was, I always felt like I was, uh, you know, something of a second-class citizen in the, within the framework of the school. I was sort of one of the people that was getting led around more than I was actually leading. Mm. And it, it took me to get to college and go to a smaller school when I, before I could sort of feel more um, empowered, you could say. But it was a really an awesome experience to be at what, Bronx what Science. Do you mean, what do you mean by that, about being uh, led around rather than being a leader? Like, what, what does that look like? Well, it, to me, it meant that there was, you know, 4,000 students in the school, 1,000 mm. in my class. Um, I was more at home, back home in the neighborhood. So yeah. I didn't sort of really join the after school programs. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't feel like I could get home at seven o'clock at night, you know, so I would take the train home and, yeah. and then sort of my life and my, you know, relationships, et cetera, were mostly around the neighborhood. You know, we, we talked a little bit about some of the, some of these moments of student mobilization. How were you finding out? of course, about the context of that happening across the country. It was, it was uh, a different pace for everything. Mm. And, and uh, how do we find out stuff? Well, we find out stuff through um, mass meetings. You know, somebody would come and bring an idea. Somebody, SDS was on campus. Right. Boom, we were all outside to find out what SDS had to say. Yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was a word of mouth thing. It was pamphlets. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was, you know, going to marches. I remember multiple times having sort of mass meetings outside of the building and then going down to a march in Central Park, you know, as a whole mm. group of science students. Looking back from these days, it was slower. Things mm. were slower. There was more time to have the conversation and less quick knowledge. It's interesting because we talk about that as being like this like rapid period of social change and this like complete upheaval and of course that took place over years and, you know, but you do think of it as like this very kind of, at least the way the history is told, it's this very kind of condensed, intense period of social change, which it was. But I like the idea that in the midst of that, like things just take a little longer to get going and to get the yeah. information from here to well, there. Well, that decade was uh, that that began with the, sort of the late 60s into the, to the late 70s, you know, involved massive rupture of traditions that had gone on for centuries and centuries and millennia. For example, you know, African-American rights, Latino rights, women's rights, gay rights, disabled rights, senior citizens' rights, 
um, American Indian. Right. You know, it was like every every population that had been under the thumb was stepping up and saying, "What about us?" And this yeah. is and this is our chance to get some justice. And so it was it was really an incredible mm. time to be alive. So while you're in science and you're in this building, which is you know predominantly Jewish from the North Bronx, mm-hmm. um, what were the things you were seeing that were incredibly exciting to you and, and like causing you to work from a place of imagination about what the world could be reshaped to? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess in, from that ang- angle, it was, it was my, my fellow students mm-hmm. were as much my teachers as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, you know, the uh, music scene sort of that enveloped us all in mm-hmm. those in those years was also leading us to all kinds of new kinds of ways of looking at things. We were all opposed to the war in Vietnam, and and then the year nineteen seventy one was the year that they took away the college deferment. Yeah. So that as I was starting college, I was subject to the draft, and mm-hmm. uh, luckily for me, got a, a number that's that was a safe number. Yeah. But um, friends of mine in college would literally disappear the day after the draft numbers came mm-hmm. out because they had to either go to Canada or go to the war. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was, it was a time of, of stress and tension. It was also, you know, black and black and white tension, you know, people trying to figure out what it all meant. What does it all mean? How do we all connect to each other, you know, in this new liberated zone that we're, that we're creating. And, uh, that was, that was a, a dynamic going on. And, uh, I just, just remember that the students were, were, you know, so busy trying to make change that even though there were some excesses along the way, we did rupture a lot of stuff that needed to be changed. Mm. Along the way, um, we had some resistance with the administration of the school. Some teachers were opposed to the changes. Some were in favor. But I can say this, that all of us, and you know, I'm going to say all of us, I don't mean literally every single student, but probably 90% of, of the science graduates from 71, by the time they finished college in 1975, were committed to some kind of social change. Mm. And we just all walked out of those colleges and into a world that we felt we had to make a change in some kind of way. And the last thing on our minds for most of us was salaries or, or income or, you know, concern about our personal futures. It was all about what are we doing for the collective good? Science was a time for me of sort of feeling the power of what we students could do. Mm. It opened up Pandora's boxes that were never being opened before. Mm. And as I say, the 70s changed the world in really dramatic ways. And, uh, you know, I I always get a little frustrated these days when I hear people say, you know, things are worse now than ever. And I'm like, oh, man, no, 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 no. They're not worse now. They were so much better than ever. Mm. And we've come so far. And we need to claim every one of those victories right. and then keep on moving. We know we have ways, a ways to go, but we, we're not going back to those dark ages that we used to live in. 